In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. All of life is meant to draw you to Jesus. That's a difficult lesson to learn. All of life is meant to draw you to Jesus that you might receive Him more and more fully. Being forgiven, yes, and being conformed into His own image yourself. When we were young, life was simpler, wasn't it? Of course, when you are young, you don't experience it that way at all. Life always has its troubles. And life is always drawing you sometimes quite forcefully, to Jesus. When I was a child, the Sunday that the pink candle was lit on the Advent wreath was almost there Sunday, in my own mind. Almost there Sunday, that is, almost till Christmas. And maybe you can remember, in childhood, how even the smallest gift would fill you with joy. My dad's first call out of seminary was to preach the gospel to potato farmers in southern Idaho. We didn't have a thing. But as a kid, I never noticed. And even a couple gifts under the tree was the fullness of joy, pure rejoicing. In our Lord's word to us today, we hear those well-worn words, rejoice in the Lord always, gaudete and domino semper. Pink Candle Sunday is Gaudete Sunday, Rejoicing Sunday. But one can't be forced to rejoice. That's a fact. And if the world fills us too much with its news, if we focus too much on health troubles, or finances, or who's slighted us, or what we don't have, rejoicing is pretty much impossible. Then again, if all of life is meant to draw us to Jesus, then that also means not just the good parts, but perhaps even especially the bad. The sorrows of life either embitter us and we flee from Jesus in our hearts, or those very same sorrows lead us to him and to his heart. That's what we see in John the Baptist who was imprisoned as a young preacher, still in his prime. And here's something that will resonate with all of you preachers out there. Of all the things that John preached, of all the fiery, provocative things he said, none of that landed him in prison. But when he dared to calmly tell the rich and powerful that what they were doing wasn't right, that was it. And it would cost him his life. Are you the one, John asks, or do we seek another? Now, is it the case that John doubted if Jesus was really the Messiah? Or was this just a move to strengthen the faith of his disciples to direct them to Jesus? Either way, John teaches us precisely what to do when troubles and doubts arise. Turn to Jesus and listen to what he says. What Jesus said to John was more or less a quotation of Scripture. Go tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached to them, and blessed is the one 
who is not offended by me. Those last words must have rung in John's ears. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. All of life is meant to draw you to Jesus, including, yes, especially, the bad. Do not be offended. Be comforted. It's true, isn't, isn't it, that no one gets out of this alive. Not due to the length of the church service. I mean no one gets out of life alive. No one gets out without suffering, injustices, hardships, sorrows, and indignities. We see loved ones getting old and drawing near to death. And before we know it, we're on deck. And it's our turn. What they don't tell you as a kid is how bad it hurts to get old. And if you find an old person who's kind, that's a minor miracle. <laughs> Whether old or young, the body fails, and the mind also suffers. No one signs up for mental illness. Few even believe there is such a thing as spiritual illness let alone how to treat it, along with tentatio or anfechtung, and the epidemic of meaninglessness, purposelessness. Eat, drink, and be merry, because really, what else is there? It's true. No one gets out of this alive. And all of life is meant to draw us to Jesus. One way or another, every single person will learn that life is not something we possess. He is life. Now you've heard me preach on and on, but the greatest sermon ever preached by sinful lips was exactly one sentence long. John the Baptist pointed to Jesus and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. If even John fell into doubt, that shouldn't surprise us. Ask John who he is, and he would tell you, not the Christ. So it doesn't matter who you are. If you are not the Christ, then you must have the one who is. In giving sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, life to the dead, and all the rest, what we see is Jesus reversing the curse. If he is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, then he is also the one who removes the curse. But in order to remove the curse, Jesus himself must come under it. This is why the scriptures say he has borne, he has carried our griefs. He has borne, he has carried our sorrows. And don't think of that abstractly. That means he has borne your griefs. He knows each one of them by name. He has carried your sorrows. He knows them as if they were his very own. And he is removing them. That's what the cross of Jesus is all about. On the cross, he is bearing the curse for us. You can see that the thorns and the thistles that infest the ground are wrapped around his head. The pains of bearing and raising children are there in his mother's tears. 
on the cross, he bears the curse for us in order to remove it. And he lays the curse on us. But now, only to lead us and draw us to himself. Our sinful nature is no joke. It must be daily put to death by the curse so that the new man in us might draw near to Jesus. All of life is meant to draw us to him so that in death we might be his. Ironically, that means that in death we have life. And in the final sickness, we finally have health. And it is only by losing our bodies that we receive our bodies back again, utterly restored. In the strangest of ways, he is making all things new. We should note then that the scriptures don't simply say, rejoice always. That would be pathological, maybe even sadistic. The scriptures say, rejoice in the Lord always. That's different. In every grief and every sorrow, we can rejoice that our Lord has indeed borne it himself and that after it has served his good purposes in us, he will remove it and take it away. First he kills us, then he raises us. That's how he is making all things new. We are being conformed into his image, into both his death and his resurrection. Think about it. What greater honor in all of heaven and earth could there be than that you and I would be transformed into the image of God's own eternal Son? So do not rejoice always. Rejoice in the Lord always. After all, it was love for you that sent him from heaven to the manger and from the manger to the cross. He was pierced for your transgressions, the scriptures say. He was crushed for your iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brings you peace. And by his wounds, you are healed. And he wouldn't have it any other way. For even when we are faithless, he is faithful. You are forgiven, he says. And he is the pastor and bishop of your soul the merciful and faithful high priest. So in him we may always rejoice, for neither life nor death nor anything else in all creation will separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. That's a fact. Indeed, it is precisely life and death and all the other stuff that draw us ever nearer to our Lord and Savior so that we too may rejoice in the Lord always. And this is the true joy of Advent, the true joy of Christmas. It's a joy that remains even in the very midst of all sorrows. And it is a joy that penetrates into our hearts even deeper than the very deepest of sorrows. In due time, all things will be made new, all because of Jesus. And therefore, the bruised reed Christ will not break. The smoldering wick he will not put out. To the brokenhearted 
he speaks peace. And to the barely burning, he says, Gaudete, rejoice. And the pink candle grows bright with flame. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please rise. Thank you.